They love game shows. They love wrestling. They love sports, violence. So what do we do? We give them what they want. One thing about Big Sexy, he likes the good war. Of course you realize this means war. Oh, hell yeah. As of this moment, we are at war. Well, brother, you got a war. This is the people's war. Bring it. Our parents' war is about to become ours. Hey, yo. And so began the war. my friends welcome in it's wgw wrestling's greatest war i am the non-horrible jeff moss <laughs> i'm the only partially horrible ian carey and this is a somewhat horrible podcast somewhat <laughs> in that you know it's, it's horrible enough that you're like that that's interesting i'm, I'm gonna listen to that it's funny it's like an ironic <laughs> horror but not so horrific that you're like oh oh no they're talking about like poop <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty funny that like so much horrible stuff is happening in wrestling in in March of 1997 mm-hmm. in generally what is considered one of the greatest periods of wrestling history. The lesson here is wrestling's always a little bit terrible. <laughs> but there's <laughs> there's Sometimes there's enough good stuff that keeps you coming back. There's and there an, definitely is enough good stuff happening in 1997 right now. It's an adequate amount of horrible with a, an <laughs> adequate amount of good stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> um, it is 1997 in uh, the world of wrestling that we're paying attention to. Because um, the other stuff, I mean, wrestling still happen even i don't know as we're recording this it's the day after what is now the annual culling of the roster in wwe Mm. april 15th is is now the day where lots of people are left unemployed during a pandemic with their dreams and ambitions shattered Mm -hmm. by a phone call from john laurinaitis i feel like every phone call from john laurinaitis shatters someone's dreams even if it's just like ordering Mm -hmm. a pizza or even if it's just their dream to like have a nice afternoon because it's going to be ruined because <laughs> you're going to spend part of it talking to John Laurinaitis. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Wow. And Robert. plus, he's got such a distinctive voice. If he does call and order a pizza, you know, based on mm-hmm. how WWE has been doing lately, there's a chance the person answering the phone is a former WWE employee. Yeah. yeah who yeah. would recognize his voice and it would just ruin their day. For starters. Yeah. Having... Having to make a pizza for the person that ended their WWE dream. And he'd probably be like, you know, do you have any specials? And they'd be like, well, we have a Hawaiian on special. It's it's actually pretty good. I I really like it. He'd be like, then I don't want it. CM Punk hit me with a kendo stick a bunch of times. It was a big angle for me. (laughs) Did you know my brother's Road Warrior animal? Well, he was. Wow. Yeah. But the LOD, they're back. In 1997, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool because I honestly didn't think they came back for like another year. So that was a, that was a genuine surprise for me to see them come back. Um, so we should probably find out if they have anything to do with this week's episode of Raw uh, taking place on March 3rd, 1997 from beautiful Berlin, Germany. Yeah. Bitch, you know what I think? It doesn't matter what your opinion is. And if you're not down with that, 
And we've just got two words for you. Oh, hell yeah! And since they're in Berlin, of course, the show must start with a video package reminding everyone about the Cold War and the fall of the Berlin Wall, which happened half a decade prior to yeah i feel like we should mention that that they're showing all these highlights of the berlin wall and so i start thinking i'm like oh yeah i remember when the berlin wall i was like no that was years before this <laughs> because what, the berlin wall fell in what 1989 or something like that that's gonna have to so be somewhere around google that. while you're talking uh, <laughs> it's just like when you go into a country nearly a decade later and you're like, well, what's something that people know about Germany? And it's like, ah, the Berlin yeah. Wall fell there there like 10 years ago. 1989. Okay. So almost right. a full decade prior. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of wrestling's like, you know, keeping up with current events, it's about on time. Oh, bitch, bitch, bitch. You know what? In the next few years, there'll be another even worse reference to the Berlin Wall that appears on Nitro regularly. So, yeah, yeah, in yeah. comparison to this, WWE, uh, yeah, maybe. Yes. Well, uh, they are in Berlin, Germany uh, for Raw, and the main sort of story of the, the Raw is the European Championship. <gasps> the European yeah. Championship has been important twice in its entire existence. <laughs> Once when British Bulldog won it in Webley Stadium, which I believe was the first European Championship. And two, when British Bulldog wins it in Berlin, Germany, many years later. Because <laughs> our main event <laughs> for the evening is uh, British Bulldog versus Owen Hart. There was a tournament, apparently. I guess the, win the, the right. tournament was just during their during their tour of, mm. of Germany or Europe. And we just got the finals on this show. Well, that's oh. that's great. Um, hey, it's a it's a step above the tournament that they did uh, for the intercontinental title in Brazil, which never happened. I think you mean the Karate Fighters tournament they held in Brazil. Hi-ya! So yeah, the main event is British Bulldog versus Owen Hart for the vacant WWF European Championship. I have no idea how the the European Championship ended up vacant. I honestly was just like, I guess they haven't just gotten to that yet. But oh no, um, this is this is the inaugural European Championship. They haven't given one out before. When uh, didn't Shawn Michaels won- win it? Oh, that's still to come. The uh, the European title. This was uh, the inaugural one. The what you were referring to before about Bulldog mm-hmm. winning it in Wembley Stadium. That was the Intercontinental title he beat Brett for. Oh, jeepers. At SummerSlam in 92. Wow. You're an idiot. And then, yeah, this was the inaugural uh, championship. So this is the first European championship. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't even mention it last week on Raw. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Not really a big thing at all that they were bringing up that they were introducing this new title belt. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they advertised it more like for the for the tour of Germany. Maybe it played a bigger role. And Vince was thinking, ah, you know, our friends in the U.S. They care about the European Championship, you know, because he's older and thinks that uh, you know Americans are still trying to split away from from Europe, from England, from. Like, like that's still fresh in their minds. He thinks nah, Europe is a country <laughs> from the country of Europe. Oh, I'm too old for this shit. 
The whole night they hi- they're hyping up the uh, supposed tension between Owen and the British Bulldog. Um, during the match, the Bulldog gets out of a tombstone, which is kind of neat, uh, and hits a running power slam. Owen kicks out, attempts a victory roll, but Bulldog rolls through and uh, is able to pin Owen to win this title. And after the match, Owen and Bulldog shake hands. And then Owen's like, Bulldog, Bulldog, shake, shake, sit, sit, Bulldog, sit, roll over, roll over. <laughs> there is no one in the history of pro wrestling who is better at being a disingenuous bad guy or heel than Owen Hart. <laughs> nobody, nobody has even or come close heel. because ap- <laughs> or heel after after the match. Owen is like, you know, he's he's disappointed that he lost, and oh, you know, and. And so he reluctantly kind of congratulates the bulldog and then he raises his hand and they're holding up the, the, their tag belts along with the European belt. But then just before the show goes off the air, just to show to the fans that all is not well, Mm -hmm. no matter how much he's trying to come off, uh, as being, you know, happy for his partner. Owen then wants to, he wants to hold up the European title along with the Bulldog, (laughs) just showing, just showing that little bit of, no, this isn't okay. There's still a, there's still a rivalry brewing between us here. So, So it was enough. He did enough to congratulate Bulldog that on the surface you could go, Oh, look, he's being a good sport about it. But, the notes in or the music in between the notes that <laughs> Owen was playing told an entirely different story. And it was fantastic. And this was a great match too. Ring psychomology <laughs> is what it comes down to, my friend. Uh yeah, so Bulldog, European and tag champ. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, so you might be wondering what's going on with the uh, the world title, the world championship. Well, the world championship uh, is defended by Psycho Sid uh, against Mankind. Uh, early in the show, Psycho Sid tells Mankind that he should be focusing on the game they play instead of speaking German. And that's that's a quote. That is that is all the context I was given. <laughs> so um, he turns to the Undertaker, turns his attention to the Undertaker, and says that both Taker and Mankind are losers, essentially. So so good, Sid, confident. That's great. <laughs> Way to go, Sid. Yeah. Sid was really popular. They really like Sid. Really? In, in they like the big, tall, yes. muscular, blonde, blue-haired guy in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That was a thing. Ooh, Sprickens is sexy. They also really like people with leather jackets, I've noticed. Like, Bret Hart, they love Bret Hart. Bret Hart, very much a leather jacket Bret Hart's guy. very tactical. He is the <laughs> uber wrestler. Um, <laughs> Sid takes on Mankind and wins, obviously, after planting Mankind with a powerbomb. All of this is to say that Shawn Michaels' smile did not make <laughs> it to Berlin. Uh, it was not on the flight, so uh, it is still MIA. Wonderful! The the other sort of main event non-title division is, of course, the, the Hart-Austin feud that is just mm-hmm. rocketing into awesomeness now. Um, Brett has a match with uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley at this event, so uh, he tells his man... Tells McMahon that he's keeping focus on that and hopes Steve Austin is watching the match back at his house because he's going to do to Steve Austin what he's going to do to Helmsley tonight. 
and what he's going to do to Helmsley tonight is lose <laughs> a match to him via disqualification. So, uh, yeah, I could not believe that this was the result here. Why not just have Brett beat Hunter Hearst Helmsley clean? Like <laughs> Brett's going into WrestleMania with a really important match, mm-hmm. like a marquee match against Austin. I don't Triple H is probably wrestling Mark Marrow for the 10th time at WrestleMania. Mm. He's he's not in anything big. So it was just one of these things where Brett shoved the referee and I think it was, I think it was Hebner too. Yeah. So it was one of these things like, well, Ooh, you got that one in a you got that in early Brett. <laughs> <laughs> and because Brett was so like Brett is so popular in Germany, like this was a hero's welcome that he received. Mm. So the only thing that I could think of when they had Brett get disqualified by shoving the referee is they are are continuing to try and build up just how bitter and frustrated Brett is. Yeah. Like, he's so frustrated that he's not wrestling for the title. He's so bitter that he lost the title to Sid because of Steve Austin that Hebner gets in his way and he's just like, no, screw you, and pushes him away and it causes the disqualification. Mm-hmm. So... The only thing I can think of is it was more important that they play up this this building level of of frustration and 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 bitterness that Brett is is experiencing. It was more important for them to build up that change in Brett than it was to have Brett win this match. Mm-hmm. That that uh, is a reasonable explanation applied to unreasonable things. Uh, yes, so, very good. Uh, after the match, Triple H's female bodyguard, whose name we still don't know, is totally not China, uh, comes into the ring and Hart backs off. Uh, so, what is the Austin side of this feud up to tonight? Well, in what is probably one of the funniest and dumbest things I've ever seen on Raw. Uh, McMahon goes to interview Austin from WWF headquarters, because that's where he is. Uh, but he's not there, and we just hear a toilet <laughs> being flushed. Like, as if he's in a... They've set up the interview right next to the toilet. And Austin was just like, well, I'm just going to dip over here for a second. So... Um, <laughs> Anyway, they try again to interview Steve Austin, this time sans crapper sound effects. And Austin points out that he was sick at Final Four. <coughs> it was his first uh-huh. day. And he uh, he competed anyways while Bret Hart complains about it. Austin says that he is the WWF champion. I, you can just say that, apparently. Austin yep. thinks that the submission match is a bunch of bull and tells Ken Shamrock, the special referee, that there isn't anyone that can make him tap out. And I'm pretty sure, unless they did it on, like, Shotgun Saturday Night or something, that this is essentially the first time they've mentioned that it's a submission match and that Ken Shamrock is involved. I think they've... No, they mentioned last week that Shamrock was going to be involved because, remember, they interviewed him. Well, or they were it, just... was that this show? They were just interviewing him, though. Oh, like... They weren't like, yeah, here's yeah, the yeah, special yeah. referee for the submission match. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. That, that's right. He basically said he couldn't pick between um, uh, Austin and Brett. And mm. if you know he's involved in the match, then you're going to assume things. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, so Shamrock coming in doing uh, – so he's going to be the special enforcer. Uh, Austin's whole thing was like – Oh, we always talk about Shawn Michaels has an injured knee. I was sick going into the final four. And uh, I think he said like something along the lines of, I, I had a stomach bug. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm so upset by the mistreatment. And that's why he missed the earlier interview. I, You know what? But... I would have paid a bag full of money with a dollar sign on the front to hear Steve <laughs> Austin be like, I had a tummy ache. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's right. <laughs> my tummy hurt. <laughs> I just I, I don't know why that that tickles me so. But Austin three sixteen says I need some Pepto Bismol. Mm, we call that taking the black. <laughs> Because if you've ever taken Pepto-Bismol, it turns your poop uh... a certain color. (laughs) I don't care about that. But anyways, Ken Shamrock, special guest referee. Huzzah. All right. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. In other news on the Raw, uh, Intercontinental Champion Rocky Maivia defeated Vader via DQ to uh, retain the title. Mankind came down and hit the Rock with an urn, which caused the DQ. Mm -hmm. And after the match, Vader's like, what the hell, bro? What the hell? And um, just beats up the rock. I'm mankind. While, so. I hit people with urns. Where have you been? <laughs> it's the only reason we still have this thing. <laughs> hit people with it. But, uh, Ahmed Johnson also made an appearance. Uh, he came down to the ring to announce whether or not he accepts Farouk's challenge to a street fight at WrestleMania. He does. He accepts that. Wow. Um, it it would have been really anticlimactic if he was like, No. I'm busy that day. <laughs> Goodbye. I got a thing. See, I flew all the way to Berlin just to tell you that. Um, he said that uh, he will take Farouk down for good, which, of course, prompts the best worst catchphrase in the history of wrestling. You're going down. You're going down. And the Germans are just like, what is he saying? What? I, I, they're putting him under the... I don't understand. Um, I don't want to chant that thing for you, no. No, no, I will not do this. Um, and uh, the Sultan defeated Flash Funk in a match that was so exciting, I'm just going to drink this soda. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, uh, ECW also made a surprise return. Uh, the footage of Jerry Lawler challenging ECW was shown, uh, including the the quote-unquote pull-apart brawl with uh, Lawler and Heyman. Mm-hmm. So Lawler, because he's not in Germany, because he's not in Germany, um, calls into the show. And for the life of me, I want to know like how you call into a show. You just randomly <laughs> ring up Raw, you know, like, hey! <laughs> Put me through, you know. Uh, says he can't believe McMahon wasted airtime showing the ECW crap. Uh, claims that uh, several WWF wrestlers are mad that ECW wrestlers came into the WWF. Once they know who they are, they are going to be mad. <laughs> uh, and Lawler invites Paul Heyman to come to Worcester, Massachusetts next week, where I'm assuming Raw is happening and isn't just like they're trying to have a nice <laughs> summer day out. They're going to go check out the leaves. <laughs> I've rented an Airbnb, which is not a thing in 1997, but still. It's going to be huge. It was interesting because the stuff that Jerry Lawler brings up about the ECW invasion uh, the last couple of weeks, I don't feel that like adequate answers to those questions have <laughs> ever come about like in the 24 years since. Because he talks about, like, why is McMahon allowing this company to promote their pay-per-view on his show. Yeah. And that's a legitimate point. Because, you know, obviously there are the the rumors and uh, some confirmed rumors that mm-hmm. McMahon in some way was financially supporting ECW. Yeah. But whatever financial support he was giving the ECW, it was all done under the table. Yeah, and, ECW was his, his side chick. Yeah. And we don't really know what sort of arrangement had been uh, made between Vince and Paul. Because there has to be some type of handshake agreement that makes this worthwhile Mm -hmm. for Vince. So 
did Paul say, look, we'll let people out of their contracts so you can sign them, but we won't do that for WCW or like hmm. something, something like Paul must have promised Vince something to get this mm-hmm. because yeah, they did see ECW as sort of a developmental system, but ECW was also like WCW was also taking wrestlers from ECW yeah. as well. So for Vince to say, yes, you can come on my show. What is it that he felt he was getting out of this deal that made it worthwhile for him. And I'm not totally sure that's ever been answered. Maybe he was thinking just having the ECW guys come on his show will increase ratings, make it, uh, and we'll do this invasion thing that's been so popular for WCW. It Mm. might have been as simple as that. Or it might have been some type of under-the-table business arrangement between Vince and Paul. I'm not really sure it's ever come out what it was. Yeah, and just imagine how... And, you know, I, hindsight is always easy to imagine these things in, and we know who wins the, the Monday Night War and so on and so on. But imagine how yeah. different it would be if they treated ECW as the same way that WCW treated the NWO. Yeah, yep. Like, the NWO would have looked, so, looked so toothless next yes. to that because they aren't actually a real organization. You know, and we all know that the NWO is working for WCW, and we all know like what what the reality of it is. Whereas, if ECW, a legit secondary promotion, starts messing around in WWF, it's kind of like, whoa, that's different. You know? Yeah, but because they were actually two separate companies, they being able to do a wrestling war where you the two companies are legit separate entities is pretty difficult because you have to have the two sides agree on every single finish mm-hmm. between wrestler from your company and wrestler from their company and ultimately you know that is what would end the ECW invasion kind of thing yeah um uh, but right now they're just having ECW guys going up against other ECW guys, not going up against WWE guys. Yeah. But when it came down to it, there was a time in history. It, it only lasted for a few months, but WWE did begin to see ECW as competition when ECW got a national television deal. And as soon as they got that national television deal, Vince signed Taz and the mm-hmm. Dudley boys who were the biggest stars in the company at the time. And Raven was pretty shortly signed after that. Mm-hmm. So when it when it got to the point where Vince was like, these guys are competition, he snuffed them out. He went in and he bought up all their big talent. Yep. So this was not a case of ECW was a WWE company. It was a separate entity. Mm-hmm. And, and Vince allowed them to promote a pay-per-view, but then when they got too big... He snuffed them out. Maybe he was getting a chunk of the so, pay-per-view. Maybe. Maybe that. Maybe. Maybe that's the we'll never. We'll never know what that deal was, you know? Yeah. We'll also never know what the deal is with WCW Nitro unless we talk about it. So we should do that. <laughs> exactly. The Horsemen! We're having a party tonight! You can call this the new... World Order of Wrestling, brother! I'm gonna kick your ass! 
This week's Nitro comes to us from the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. So this is the home yeah. of WCW, the home of Turner everything. You know, this is their their big deal. And and you know it's a big deal because Hank Aaron is in the crowd. Baseball yeah, so slugger Hank any Aaron. Shows, any shows in Atlanta are always going to be important for WCW in part because all of the Turner staff is there. Right. Like like Hank Aaron, obviously, he played for the Atlanta Braves for years and mm-hmm. years. I don't know if he had like an official role with Turner, but he was there. Like, obviously, he he played a big role <laughs> in Cowboy Bill Watts no longer being in WCW. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So like any time that they've gone to gone to Atlanta, they try to put on a good show. Yeah. Um, and so let's start it off with everyone's favorite part of Nitro, which is the Horseman. Woo! Okay, so the Horsemen, things are happening with the Horsemen. Things are totally happening. Uh, are they? Totally. Are they happening? Totally. Okay. So Conan and Hugh Morris, yeah, they take on uh, Steve McMichael and Jeff Jarrett. And they win after Jarrett accidentally hits McMichael with the Halliburton. Public enemy, for some reason, rushes out and tries to grab the Halliburton. And my only real note on this is that when Jarrett hit Mongo with the briefcase... He really hit him. Like he, he tattooed that dude's face <laughs> with that briefcase. Uh, it looked really good. <laughs> That's not what happened. Uh, well, actually, I'm wondering if maybe Jarrett was getting a little revenge because uh, if you remember last week, and see if you can find a pattern here, uh, <laughs> McMichael and Jarrett were teaming up, and McMichael hit Jarrett with the briefcase. And I remember thinking he hit him pretty hard with that. Mm-hmm. So I think these two have gotten themselves into a little... Um, I I don't know competition game of chicken competition <laughs> if you will on yeah. who can mess up the other guy's head as as bad as possible before we find out more details mm. on how bad concussions are <laughs> uh, they're just gonna let each other let each other have it yeah. uh, well as Mongo recovers uh, Mean Gene uh, Denim Daddy variant Arn Anderson and full Muppet Ric Flair uh, hit the ring to sort this out once and for all. And Arn says that Jared isn't that clumsy, and he did that on purpose. And Double J's like, no, don't don't instigate problems. I proved that I was a horseman last week. It was an accident. And Flair says that uh, Jared is making him look bad for for sponsoring him for membership in the uh, the Four Horsemen. And uh, Mongo just kind of yells at Jared. <laughs> And then Deborah says that she wanted Jarrett and the Horseman and, and knows what happens tonight is a mistake. And everyone just seems to have accepted that. Everyone says, oh, well, well Deborah, okay, you make sense. Sure. But so what I don't understand with this is, so Jarrett like earned his spot in the Horseman at the last pay-per-view. Like he won the match. He's in the Horseman. Mm-hmm. And so you would think, you would think that this would end the whole thing about, <laughs> oh, should we have Jarrett in the Horseman or not? And we were like, okay, you had a match. You had a match. <laughs> and the result of the match determined if he was in or not. He won. He's in. And now we're still doing the same stuff. <laughs> so I'm never I'm never going to trust that this is over. You can never convince me that this is over. You could have a Hell in a Cell match where, <laughs> where it's like the stipulation is the winner is in the four horsemen for life. <laughs> and I wouldn't believe that on the very next show, you wouldn't do something to totally negate that. I yeah. don't, I don't trust you, WCW. I don't trust you. <laughs> You've hurt me before. And I, <laughs> I have not rebuilt that trust. 
Uh, Trust is very important in the wrestling promotion and fan relationship, and you've broken that. Sting is taking notes. I am about to paint my face and and stand in the rafters. That's going to be hard to do in your condo. It is. I'll find a way. (laughs) Ian's been in the corner with his face painted for like (laughs) two weeks now. What do we do? Nothing. It's fine. There's a guy dressed up as the crow and he rides the elevator really creepily. I don't, it's, this is, we're in a pandemic. It's okay, baby. Mommy will protect you from the weirdos. So Jarrett and Mongo are going to face public enemy at Uncensored and um, that's all you need to know. And we'll, we'll just get more of this every week. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty the sure. The never ending drama of the Horseman and Jeff Jarrett. I, I kind of want Public how, Enemy to win that match been... and then be like, yeah. are we horsemen now? And they're like, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, yo. In other Nitro match news, uh, Juventude Guerrera defeats uh, Ray Mendoza Jr. Good for Hoovy. There's a lot of a lot of good, like, cruiserweights or, like, like, there was a lot of just good, like, random matches. Mm. I mean, WCW will do a lot of just random matches that, you know, have no bearing on any yeah. story going on. There was a bunch of those this week. Oh, I feel yeah. like yeah. a good percentage of this Nitro was pointless but good wrestling mm-hmm. matches with good wrestlers like Mysterio, Malenko, Juventude, Eddie Guerrero. The aforementioned Rey Mysterio takes on uh, JL, no longer Mr. Just JL. It's just JL. It's Jerry Lynn. Dean Malenko takes on Mike Enos. And uh, Mike Enos has some incredible new theme music. So they're like, sorry <laughs> about you being an, an afterthought in every way possible, Mike. Here's some music. Uh, <laughs> well, I still remember, like, it was about 10 months ago now that they had him come out and they're like, all right, you're going to be a singles wrestler now, Mike Enos. And, <laughs> oh, you're you're going to do great. This is the start of your singles career. And what they didn't mention to him was that Scott Hall was just going to walk into the <laughs> ring during this match and cause the match to just stop. And they didn't tell him, hey, you're so unimportant to this company <laughs> that if a person just walks into the ring from, uh, from the stands, everything you're doing simply ceases to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's never picked up again. It's not like you finish it afterwards. No. You just leave. Mike Enos is probably Mike Enos is probably the most interrupted wrestler in mm. the history of the industry. I enjoyed his biography, Enos Interrupted. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Dean takes on Mike Enos. He beats him handily. Uh, and then after the match, Dean grabs a microphone and tells Eddie Guerrero to pay attention because this is what the new and improved Dean Malenko is all about. So apparently being the new and improved Dean Malenko means you're just like crankier. Well, I think so, because remember, it was last week he got disqualified for just continuing to ch- choke Ultimo Dragon. Mm. So I think I think this is much like Bret Hart has grown bitter and frustrated mm. that he lost the WWF title. The same thing is happening to Dean Malenko since losing the Cruiserweight title to six at uh, whatever was the last ridiculousness WCW presented. <laughs> Super, Super Brawl. Super, Super Brawl. <laughs> uh, Super Brawl, seven. 
Thank you very much. The aforementioned Ultimo Dragon takes on Eddie Guerrero for the United States title. Uh, Eddie wins the match, uh, and then Gene gets in the ring and is like, Eddie, what's up with you and Dean Malenko? And uh, Eddie says uh, his intentions were good, but the situation turned sour. He tried to apologize, but the apology has not been accepted, and suddenly Dean Malenko appears. It's like, suddenly Dean. Uh, Gene tells us that Dean and Eddie will square off at Uncentered for the U.S. title. They get in each other's faces. And then just as things start to heat up in very typical WCW fashion, a commercial break breaks out. <laughs> and yeah, then... Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero. That should that that will be just fine. Those yeah, are two I, fantastic wrestlers. I will accept that. Do you want to lay a bet right <laughs> yes. now? Right now that it opens the show, gets 15 minutes, and no one ever talks about it. Uh, entirely possible. I will not take that bet. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, then something truly, truly unbelievable happens. Mean Gene is in the aisle. Oh. And he interviews. Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. A woman. And not just wow. any woman. Medusa. Medusa. Who you may well, or may I mean, not remember is the number one contender for the women's championship. Yeah, wait. And who's the champion again? Hikatu Hirgabadidu. I can't. It was the the woman because remember they had they started that tournament. Mm-hmm. They were doing it on Nitro, but then evidently it wasn't popular enough, <laughs> and. And it just went away. So uh-huh, we're uh-huh. assuming somebody did win that tournament. We just didn't know about it. Well, yeah. Uh, Medusa says that she threw a, a legit prestigious title in the garbage to come here and can't believe how she's been treated by Eric Bischoff. Mm-hmm. Um, she also mentions, because Medusa at this point, they're just like, whatever, you have five minutes. No one cares. Do what you want to do. <laughs> uh, so she has to actually further her own storylines within her promo. And she's yeah. like, I, I saw Luna backstage. And everyone's like, Luna Vachon. Luna, uh, meh? And she's like, yeah, Luna Vachon is backstage saying she's the number one contender. And so with that, a wild Luna makes her WCW debut and they fight and that's it. See, I'm a huge Luna Vachon. Well, okay, not a huge No, I, I'm a big fan too, but at the time. I like, like Luna Vachon. Yeah. But like. Women's wrestling in the '90s <laughs> was not in a good spot. I don't feel I'm going out on a limb by saying this. It's a hot take, there friends. Har- <laughs> there was hardly any women's wrestling going on at all, and the women that were on television at the time, like it was all like it was Sunny coming out and doing her Sunny-like things. It was Sable, mm-hmm. Medusa was like the one legit wrestler. Now, all of a sudden in WCW, they've got a few other ones. They've got Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they've got Luna. Mm-hmm. They've got Bull Nakano when they need her. So all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a second. You could have women's wrestling in WCW right now. The additions of Luna and Jacqueline, I think, are, are pretty mm-hmm. significant because these are actually women who can wrestle. Like Jacqueline was a good wrestler. Yeah. Luna Fashan was a great wrestler and a great character. Mm-hmm. And Medusa is one of the best women's wrestlers of all time. And she also... She had like a, like, how do I want to put this? <laughs> Medusa feels like legitimate. Like if yeah. you put the title on her, like she feels like someone, like if this was a real sport, she'd be good at it. You know? Yeah. yeah. But Luna, 
I I just really enjoy the Luna Vachon character, and I love the 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 root of Luna Vachon's character actually goes back to Florida Championship Wrestling, who which was being booked by a man by the name of Kevin Sullivan at the time. Mm. Or I don't know if he was booking the whole promotion, but he was booking his stuff. And so he was doing his Satan worshiping gimmick at the time mm-hmm. where they, I mean, they wouldn't like, I don't think they were right out there with it, but, uh, and Luna played the role of a mild mannered reporter <laughs> who, who went to, yeah, like totally straight lace went to go interview Kevin Sullivan. He ended up like saying something to her or like slapping her or mm-hmm. like something along those lines that caused her to just spiral and go down a path and she became the Luna Vachon that we know today. That's phenomenal. I had no yeah, idea about any of that backstory. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a fantastic story. That's I love great. the origin stories of Luna Vachon. Yeah. And I just, I wish Luna Vachon was around during a time where women's wrestling was taken seriously, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like if Luna Vachon was around today, she would stand out still today as such a unique and interesting character. I think if Luna Vachon was active today, she'd be one of the biggest stars because she could be a great heel opposite uh, people like Becky Lynch mm-hmm. or or Sasha Banks or Bianca Belair. And she was like a, a truly unique character. And and you you just wish that women's wrestling had a bigger stage for her during her like peak years. She was ahead of her time. She was very much ahead of it. Either way, I'm just happy to see that they remembered that women work there. <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, they're I mean, as as poorly as WCW is doing for women's wrestling right now, they're still beating WWE. There is not one women's angle going on in wrestling that in WWE mm-hmm. that isn't like Sunny wanting to sleep with everyone or Sable or Mark Marrow like all of the yeah. women are there's, just in secondary roles to the men, right? There's three. He, there's there's Sunny yeah. who wants to manage and or sleep with everyone. Yeah. There's the domestic abuse situation between Mark Marrow and Sable. Yeah. Uh, we now have a nameless China running around. But and, she's and Triple she's H's mad. bodyguard. Yeah, and she's mad at uh, Marlena, whose job is to smoke cigars and try not to look stringy. Yeah. So... so <laughs> So everybody, every woman in WWE right now, their storyline or angle all has to do with male wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an whereas, whereas in WCW, Medusa and Luna, that has nothing to do with anything. With anyone in <laughs> with anything. <laughs> with anything. Because they're not wrestling either. So, <laughs> so it's just two people. Gotta have beef, gotta have spice, need a little excitement. Someone who's doing even worse, though, than than the women's division in WCW is uh, Rick Fuller. Rick Fuller is a jobber uh, that is such a jobber. I don't even remember if we've talked about what a jobber he was. So here it goes. Uh, he was trained okay. by Jimmy Snuka and Tony Atlas, debuted in 1990, and is technically still working today. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, he takes on Diamond Dallas Page and uh, loses to him with a, uh, a, a diamond cutter. In about two minutes, Mean Gene hits the ring. And every time I say that, even though I know it doesn't, I picture Mean Gene just running down the aisle and sliding in <laughs> like a referee. But sadly, that, that didn't uh, happen. Um, in, in Mean Gene's entire lengthy wrestling career, I don't 
ever remember him even breaking out into a jog. No, no, I don't. He did nah. not move a lot. He's <laughs> not a mobile uh, man. No, no. no. <laughs> so Mean Gene hits the ring and asks uh, Paige, what's up about that NWO beating you took last week, huh? That was crazy. And Paige is like, uh, hey, these people know who the real deal is. And everyone's like... I guess we do know who the real deal is. He's, he said we do, so whatever. Um, <laughs> he says that uh, Savage has snapped, and uh, Paige tells him to snap into the bang. That baby juicy tape! Which is I... not a sexual innuendo. He's <laughs> the bang. Um, and then that's it. Apparently, all of the concern that Paige felt for Big Bubba... Uh, was erased. Oh, yeah. Because he, oh, he yeah. did not did not mention an update on Big Bubba <laughs> or or asking how he was doing or anything like that. But. Yeah, well, I mean, last week he did seem very concerned about Big Bubba. Maybe somebody over the last week pointed out to DDP that Big Bubba and the NWO has been gang assaulting him for months, and mm. maybe having sympathy for one of his assailants isn't isn't prudent. Maybe he's got Stockholm syndrome. This is the 11th hour, brother, and we're walking that fine razor's edge between greatness or disaster. And that brings us to the rest of the show, which I am titling NWO, an epic. Because Mm -hmm. there is a lot of NWO stuff on this show, and very little of it makes any sense. That (laughs) is true. That is very true. There's some inconsistency. Let's... let's... (laughs) Let's say that. Mm -hmm. The show opens uh, backstage with the entire NWO pouring out of a stretch Hummer limo. Did you say something about a limousine? That's how you know that they've made it. (laughs) They're in a Hummer limo, uh, relatively on time. They're running out of vehicles. They're running out of vehicles. (laughs) Like They've had garbage trucks, limos, Humvees. Monster trucks. They're going to have to show up in like a submarine at some point. I'm shocked they never did that. I'm shocked the NWO (laughs) didn't show up somehow in a submarine. It's harder to rent a submarine than you might think. Speaking from experience. Um, (laughs) Another limousine pulls up right behind them this time, though. Oh, sorry. Before we get into that, something I noticed about the NWO pouring out of this um, contraption. No one is dressed to wrestle except for Hogan and Savage. So in my mind, that's just what they wear all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another limo pulls up right behind them and out jumps. Yeah, you know who it is. Dr. Harvey Schiller. Yeah, who doesn't recognize that face? And if you don't know who that is, you're not alone. Uh, He was the (laughs) president of Turner Sports at the time. So he comes out of there and Larry makes it a point to tell us that he is ranked much higher than Eric Bischoff. Oh. Mean Gene brings out Bischoff for an interview and... uh, so a few things happened here that illuminated a couple of things from last week for me that I, I did not know. Eric thanks Lex Luger for suggesting the uncensored match last week and accepts the challenge again on behalf again, of the yeah. NWO. Um, Dr. Harvey Schiller slides up behind him just like like a... just He's just there. <laughs> just kind of there. And tells Eric that they need to talk. Uh, Eric leads him, leaves him on red and uh, splits, and that's the end of the show. <laughs> No, 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 no. This was really a conversation you would think would happen between closed doors, between Bischoff and Schiller, but uh, such conversations don't play, no. take place in, in wrestling. Well, unless you're on the WCW Championship Committee. 
mm-hmm. who forever meet behind closed doors. Which I am for some reason. Yeah, I, I was pretty sure you were on that too. I, I like I checked my junk box recently. I'm still getting emails. I still had to, <laughs> I just wrote in. I was like, no, VK Wall Street can't have a TV title shot. That's ridiculous. That was last week I sent that email. I've just been sending them to see what they do. Somebody trying to contact me. Uh, as Harvey says, just because Bischoff has a contract, that doesn't mean he can do anything he wants whenever he wants, including firing referees. Thanks, Randy Anderson. Breaking rules and stripping wrestlers of championships. Here's why I was confused with what Dr. Harvey Schiller said there, because he, he listed off all these things that Bischoff can't do. It's like, but we've been watching him do that for months. Yeah. Like, if, these, <laughs> if these were things that are not part of his job description... Why are you just coming in now? See, in my mind, Dr. Harvey Schiller was watching all this stuff happen, and he was like, I should do something about that. Then his secretary was like, yeah, but they're going to be in Georgia in, like, two (laughs) months. So why don't you just talk to him then? He's like, yeah, okay, I guess so. What are the Braves doing? So uh, Eric says, nuh-uh, I can do all that stuff because of my contract. And uh, Harvey Schiller says that uh, he may have a contract, and now he's suspended. Ooh, scary. He can no longer sign contracts. He can't make matches. Uh, Eric tries to talk his way out of it, but Schiller's like, nope, I've made my point. So uh, I don't want you answer. I don't want to hear. He says, and I quote, I don't want to hear about you answering a phone or using a WCW men's room. Yeah, so you would mm-hmm. think, wow, we're not going to see Eric Bischoff for a very long time. Yes. This is a serious suspension. He needs to pee before he gets to the arena because... <laughs> also, is that like a traveling thing? Like if they're in Poughkeepsie mm-hmm. and that he needs to use the bathroom at a WCW event, does that count as a WCW men's room? I think so. Yeah. I don't oh, I don't think he's allowed to be anywhere near the product for well, certainly for the rest of the show. Oh, absolutely. There is absolutely no way. Absolutely for the rest of the show. It would be ridiculous <laughs> if we would see him again later in the show, right? And it is like, to laugh. You you would yell at the screen something along the lines of, I can't trust you, WCW. <laughs> There's no trust in this relationship. Mm. You tell me something, and then minutes later, that thing is not true anymore. Yes. And, and so what this segment struck me as was... Stupid? Because, like, first of all, as Schiller's coming out, they're explaining to us that Schiller's more important than Eric Bischoff. But if you've been watching the show, it seems very much like the only important person is Eric Bischoff. He's the Hmm. most important person. And so it's like they're making up the rules and explaining it to us as they go along to kind of kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. explain their story. So it's like, well, Eric Bischoff, I'm actually more important than you. And I determine your job description. You're not allowed to fire people, but I can fire people. You can book title matches sometimes, but I can put the stipulations on it. And it reminded me a little bit of like when you're a kid and you're playing some type of like, you know, shoot them up game with your your friends and someone goes i got you i shot you with my laser and then you're like well actually i have a force field on (laughs) and my force field uh, blocks your laser and then your friend's like no my laser goes through force fields so your force field doesn't mean anything because of my laser and then you're just like okay fine you shot me but i'm gonna show up later in the show anyway that was basically what i felt that segment was channeled a lot of pent-up stuff between you and your brother, didn't you? 
I like Bret Hart and Dean Malenko. I have some bitterness and frustration <laughs> building in me. Uh, well, good news, friend. Scotty Riggs is here to take care of that for you. Oh, good. And he's taking on the man you denied a title shot to, VK Wall Street. <laughs> um, but, of course, uh, the match ends in disqualification when Buff Bagwell hits the ring because Scotty Riggs can't do anything without Buff Bagwell showing up and flexing. Um, and while this is going on, Tony lets us know that Roddy Piper has just arrived at the Omni. Did, didn't know he was coming, but here he is. <laughs> um, while they wait for Piper to, to show up, because, you know, he's just arrived at the Omni, but that only means that he's, like, you know, at the Omni. He's, yeah. He's not there's still, there's yeah. still no guarantee that he will even come out for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Tony drops the bombshell that uh, the Steiners have totally recovered from that car crash. Oh, that's good. Super crazy. It turns out they're, they're fine. Uh, so... So, yeah, um, they're fine. Uh, we're fine. Everyone else is fine. H- how are you? <laughs> Let's, we're, we're moving forward, everyone. Yep. We made a mistake. It's over. Uh, he's also gotten word from the back that Dr. Schiller and the executive committee. So, you know, maybe you can give us some. Uh, I don't know if the executive committee is the same as the championship committee or not. I, there's a gray area there. I'll, I'll check my emails, but I'll tell you this. Nobody uses the reply all function. So I, I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I can tell you whoever's on the list. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. They're reviewing documents that Eric has recently signed. Well, that's good. They don't mention what the documents are, but they're, they're looking at them. I like uh, to think it's just eight by tens. Like, hmm, looks authentic. Hmm, Boy, he's authentic. signing a lot of pictures of himself here. He started oh. signing pictures of Medusa for some reason. <laughs> I guess he figured no one would notice. That's yep. weird now. Right? Autograph fiends. They're not people. Those little beasts that run around in packs like coyotes. So this is where some stuff comes to light. Tony says that they're allowing that the executive championship Dr. Schiller committee is allowing the uncensored match to taste, take place, but they're inviting Roddy Piper to also enter a team into the mix as he's been most affected by NWO shenanigans. Now, maybe I missed something, but Probably at not. any point and please, I will happily admit that I am wrong. If someone can prove it to me at any point in the last two weeks, has anyone said that, all the titles being on the line at Uncensored means we are going to have a group match with all of the champions versus a Team WCW and now a Team Roddy Piper. No, I don't think that's what's happening. That seems to be what's happening. Really? That's my interpretation of it anyways. I Okay, so I got kind of confused. Okay, let me. you know what? Let me just spell out what happens okay. next and then we can discuss because that will maybe inform this a little bit. Okay. Sounds so good. Piper has been told he can enter a team into the mix because he's been affected by the shenanigans. So with that, the bagpipes sound and Roddy Piper comes schlepping down to the ring. Like he does fans love him. Good times. Um, mm-hmm. Remember like six months ago when he was yelling in Gaelic? I was wrestling wolves back when you were at your mother's teeth. I, I do, yes. Uh, apparently that meant we're not home until the battle is over. Okay. But he didn't think to tell us that until now. Piper has his own way of doing things. 
he he really needs just like an assistant or something. Mm-hmm. So Piper says there are six guys backstage, and he's going to fight them all one at a time and let the fans decide who's going to be on his team or family for some reason. I don't know why he keeps calling uh, for uncensored. This, this was actually the first incarnation of The Bachelor. Yeah. And uh, Piper is going to... The fans never voted for it, but he would have married one of the contestants, and oh. then therefore they would have become family. I would have paid a second <laughs> bag of money with a dollar sign on it if that were the case. <laughs> um, essentially, the crowd can give like a thumbs up or thumbs down to figure out who is on the, the team. So keep that in mind. It's up to the fans. Yeah. 100%. Uh, so first, some dude with long hair comes wandering down. They don't give any of these people names. Mm-hmm. Um, so Piper takes him right down, and that's it. He does not get on. He taps out to a chicken wing. The fans give him yeah. a thumbs down. Uh, the next guy out is, um, he's not named, but he is Luther Reigns. Yeah, yeah, um, Luther Reigns. He had a cup of coffee with WWE mm-hmm. for a while. Not a lot, not Not there long, but, mm-hmm. you know. He uh, also went by the moniker Horseshoe and has incredibly tiny jean shorts. <laughs> um, so he and Piper get into a little bit, follows with the, some right hands. Piper won't go down. He locks in a sleeper, and he gets Hoshu or Luther Reigns or whoever gets a thumb down from the fans. So at this point, they're probably thinking to themselves, oh, crap, maybe they're just going to boo everyone since they're just nameless jobbers that we threw together at the last minute. Yeah, I have a feeling this was not working out the way Piper had envisioned it in his head. Nope. <laughs> so the next contestant is a crazy-looking dude with an afro and boxing gloves. So he comes out and throws boxing gloves at Piper and is like, hey, let's box. And everyone in the crowd is like, what the hell is going on here? (laughs) So they box around for a little bit, and the crowd is just like, And Roddy grabs a mic and is like, you guys are being too tough. He's earned a spot on the team. And everyone's like, but you said it was up to... Okay, whatever. Um, Afro Man leaves, and uh, we get our next contestant, who is another nameless wrestler who looks like Mick Foley and Steve Williams had a baby, which, by the way, I'd I'd cheer for that guy. I would definitely cheer for that guy, yeah. He tries to lift Piper up and throw him out of the ring, but he gets too out of breath and isn't able to lift him. So Piper essentially is like, okay, uh, you can be on the team, I guess. (laughs) Because we've already rejected two, and there's no room for more rejections, basically. And, like, this isn't me exaggerating how this goes, either. Ian, you can confirm. This is how it played out. Oh, my God. This was... I felt bad for Piper here, because this was just dying. Mm -hmm. Like, everything was... It was quiet in the arena, except for, like, you'd hear sounds that are almost like... Ah. And then occasionally it'd be like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Do you want anything? Oh, okay. Like, it was a long segment that you knew almost instantly this wasn't going to work out because it was a bunch of unnamed people having really poor yeah. wrestling type contests with Piper. And then the fans are supposed to be the ones who are supposed to give these people the the thumbs up or the the approval but the segment sucked so badly they weren't going to do that for anyone up until the the end and the bigger guy came out yes because the last contestant the last person in piper's vying for a spot in piper's family for uncensored is john by god tenta (laughs) the former shark 
the former uh, earthquake. And if you remember the last time we saw him, he was in a big feud with Big Bubba, mm. a terrible, terrible, never-ending feud. So I'm <laughs> assuming John Tenta is the one who took out Big Bubba. It's like, if I'm coming back, I don't want this jerk anywhere near. <laughs> um, so he gets in the ring and lifts Piper up with a choke. Uh, Afro Man and Steve Foley hop in to protect uh, Piper, but Tenta just like pushes them away, and then they all kind of brawl, and Roddy Piper is just like, yeah, this is great! This is my team! And everyone's like, well, okay! <laughs> uh, we'll trust you on this one, Piper. You're, yeah. <laughs> uh, you get a little bit more rope than others would get. He tells us that NWO will stand for No Way Out, and Vince McMahon is at home furiously writing, like, that's clever. I like that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so Tony... Uh, reminds us that Piper's team consists of a boxer, a kickboxer, and a former sumo champion, because apparently John Tenta is a former sumo champion. Yeah, he is. Um, the crowd is dead, but uh, Piper has his his team for Uncensored. So, so let's Oof. talk about this now. <laughs> is this, in fact, a team match? I, I, I don't know. I don't... I have a feeling that this will be the first and last we ever see of Piper's team. So like this segment strikes me as like they probably after it was over went, you know how we're just ignoring that Steiner's Hall and Nash video. <laughs> Maybe we can do the same with this. <laughs> what? But, two weeks. Tony's going to be like, so that karate guy and Afro man, they're all fine now. Everything's fine. Let's move on. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically, I wouldn't, like, honestly, like, this was so bad that, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to um, march these guys out again and have them have big matches on the pay-per-view? I mean, they might, but it seems like a waste. Well, and if it's uh, not a team match, does that mean that these guys are getting title shots? Well, okay, so that's what I wasn't clear on, because they've said that all titles will be on the line which I took as there will be separate title matches. And I do that think was, that is that what was what doing. I took it as initially too. But then there was all this talk about there being a team match. So mm -hmm. I took that as like, okay, the titles will all be on the line and then we'll have this other separate team match. Mm -hmm. That could be possible. And, and Piper's team would go up against the NWO. See, I just think the WCW ness of it all. Like I, at my interpretation of it to this point is that, like, Hogan, the Outsiders, and I guess six are going to be one team. Yeah. Piper's family and the Team WCW that we'll get to in a minute mm -hmm. um, are going to be the ones they fight against. And whoever wins the match gets all the titles. And And is that then, like, the only match? Well... No, but we've gotten some matches scheduled. Wait a second, we've well, got because there will Eddie... be there'll be Eddie and Dean for the U.S. title. Well, how does this work out? Okay, so all the titles are going to be on the line and uncensored. So you would have thought that it was NWO versus WCW, but you've now booked the U.S. title match, which is two WCW guys. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think this company doesn't know what it's doing. I really would like Dr. <laughs> Schiller to clear this up at any given time. Um, but I guess he's too busy managing the executive and championship committees. So 
<laughs> Whatever. Um, a little later on in the show, we are joined by the New World Order, and obviously not Eric Bischoff, because he's suspended. No, nope, it, nope, there he is. He's he right is suspended. Oh. This is probably a dark day for the NWO, so when they come out, they're probably going to be really upset and concerned about the goings-on. Well, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously. Um, so the New World Order comes out featuring um, fake Sting having morphed into fake Eric Bischoff, maybe? <laughs> no, Eric Bischoff is totally there. He's um, there, and he's smiling. Mm-hmm. He's coming out, and he's celebrating. This is a guy who apparently just had his whole professional life ripped away from him. Mm-hmm. And he's having fun. He's smiling. He's celebrating. He's telling us all it doesn't matter because well, he's got a great relationship with Ted Turner. Like, yep. what? Because he seemed pretty upset before. Just, yeah. Maybe he made a call. I don't know. Um, Tony uses this opportunity to remind us for the first time tonight that we saw Hogan and Sting hug last week. And they're yeah. like, they're like, where's Sting? Where's the-? Oh, wait, there he is. Because he came out with the actual NWO. He he was right there the whole time. I don't know why they were like, where's St-? Oh, nope, there he is right there. Uh, Hogan tells uh, Dr. Harvey Schiller to take a hike and probably calls him stinky. Uh, and Bischoff says he is attorneys to prevent Schiller from trying to control the NWO, which, again, if you just kind of accept that on face value, it makes sense. But otherwise, you're just like, I would like to hear about the mm-hmm. legal precedent that these attorneys are going to cite. Uh, but anyways, um, Hogan's, Hogan says the most truthful thing he's ever said, which is that we just watched Piper suck wind battling some wrestling fans <laughs> and uh, asks who the fans would bet on, Piper's team or Hogan's team, to which the crowd goes, we don't know! <laughs> is that even what's happening? <laughs> I don't understand what's happening on your next show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hogan mentions that uh, he's going to turn the NWO lucid uncensored as they have the madness, which is what they're calling Macho Man at this point. Uh, The Stinger, the Outsiders, Trillionaire, Ted, and Six. And when you go NWO, that is NWO not just for a few months or years, my friends. It is NWO for the rest of your natural life. Yes. Something they have definitely been demonstrating in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Mm. So. Uh, Nash steps up and Eric asks him his thoughts. So Nash provides commentary on the sweetness level of his squad. <laughs> In that they are two. 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 They, yeah. He is concerned that they have overshot their sweetness level. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So this goes to all you freaks out there. Big pop a pop. It's your hookup. Holler if you hear me. Um, and that brings us to the main event of the evening, which is, holy sweet, merciful Jesus, a wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, only for a little bit, but yeah. Well, but it was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lex Luger and the Giant take on the perfectly fine Steiner brothers um, and wrestle to a no contest when the NWO interferes. So what are we, we're like two, three weeks away from their car, like doing multiple flips in the air oh, and yeah. then landing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it's fine. good to know that that's that's about the equivalent of like a sprained ankle. And let's not forget they were hurt before that too. Yeah, yeah. Like they okay. were, they had a bad back, and I think one of them had an ankle thing. So obviously that car crash just kind of knocked everything back into place for them. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's a little like how Mister Burns had had all the diseases, and yeah. they just kept everything in check. Exactly. Same kind of deal. 
Uh, all four men square off in the ring, and we see the uh, the NWO start filing in through the crowd this time. They came out via the door last time, but I don't know why they felt they need to do the crowd. Whatever. Uh, they all surround the ring, and Sting walks down the aisle to join them. Um, has anyone actually checked to see if Sting is just, like, lost? <laughs> and he keeps he keeps seeing groups of people walking by, and he's like, well, if I just follow them, I'll, I'll get to where I need to go, I guess. Um, they, they seem to know where they're going. Tony thinks that Luger, Giant, and the Steiners would make a good team for WCW Uncensored, which, once so again... Just- tells me that maybe there's a team match i guess okay okay you know i get all right Mm -hmm. so there's a team match with all the titles on the line except for the titles that are on the line in other matches yeah i guess okay sure are any other title matches booked there's the u.s title there are no other titles uh okay all right except for the women's title which as we know is Medusa's just the number one contender, and who knows when that match is going to happen. I, I, I'm not holding my breath. Based on <laughs> the based on the rollout of the women's division so far, she'll have a I, match for it like six months from now. I had no idea that Luna was ever in WCW. So that surprised I, me, I, too. Like, <laughs> I don't remember them following up this angle very well, so. Man, yes. Um, so the NWO files out, then Piper's family comes into the crowd, but people are have to be reminded that they're Piper's family because it's really just Roddy Piper and like three wrestling fans, as Hogan put it. We, we know it just happened a half an hour ago, but most yeah. of you kind of zoned out because it was bad. These are Piper's family. Yeah. So they join forces with Team WCW in the ring, and the NWO is like, oh, there's there's more of them now. Uh, should we just stand around the ring thinking about stuff? Yeah, let's do that. So the crowd is like, for the love of God, someone do something. And they start chanting for Sting. Um, the NWO slowly climb up onto the apron. And just as the huge brawl breaks out, well, the show's over because they're out of time. See you later. <laughs> we won't bore you with the thrilling details of this multi-man brawl. Yeah, that was a frustrating nitro. I, I gotta Just say, just a little. <laughs> they, there was a that was a struggle to get through. <laughs> um, yeah, so our tale of the tape probably pretty obvious tonight. Oh, very obvious tonight. Just like it was last night. Like like WWE, I, I felt um, was so far and away better than than WCW. Uh, mainly because I can follow what's going on. I know what's going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Brett and Austin, they don't like each other. That's clear. <laughs> Sid and Undertaker are going to wrestle, and Sid believes that he's the master and the ruler of the world. I can follow all of that. I'll get behind it. it. <laughs> in WCW, I'm struggling to figure out the corporate structure. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> in corporate structure at Turner. I have to figure that out to to even know what Eric Bischoff is able to do. Yep, yep. Um, I'm never confident that the horseman angle is, is, I'm just not never confident in it in <laughs> any way. In any way that I could have confidence in it, both in, in terms of like in storyline and real, mm-hmm. I have no confidence in it. Uh, the Piper segment was like, it, I, oh, it was just terrible. <laughs> like it just, it just dragged for so long. And it's one of those things where that wouldn't happen in WCW or sorry, in WWF, because somebody would come up to Piper and go, I know you think this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. And 
there's good parts of the idea, but in practice, you're not going to be able to make this work. Well, I, I can yeah. see a little bit of the wheels turning. Yeah. And well, I, I can only see the idea. I can but... see them being like, yeah, we'll have these guys come out and Roddy will actually fight them. Yeah. You know, and that's how we'll figure this out. And people love it because it's real. And, you know, it's, it's it'll be... but the problem is that those kind of fights are not great a lot of the time. Um, no. And when you do six in a row. Yeah. Uh, that's like that's way overkill. Six in a row without sort of telling anyone why or announcing who these people are. Like it'd be different if like Ice Train came down. Yeah. And yeah. Roddy fought Ice Train, but then submitted him so he didn't get to be on the team. You know, or I thought even if you had had done this as like backstage videos where you would air one a week leading up yeah. to the pay-per-view, that would have been way better. You have him fight him in a gym or in like sure. Stu Hart's basement or something. Yeah. Or like he's traveling the world, you know? Yeah. Or yeah. Trying like to that. find that would have been totally fine. But this was just it was too long. That was mm-hmm. the main thing. If you had done like two or three guys, um, I think you could have gotten away with this. But I, I think like after that first guy went and the fans realized these weren't going to be good matches <laughs> and they weren't going to be people that we've even heard of. Mm-hmm. I think that just sent the message to them. that it's like, ah, this is going to be a long bunch of nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like like what it was. no disrespect to the shark. But when yeah. John Tenta is your big reveal at the end of this segment, like, yeah. guys, come on. We can do this. <laughs> we can be better than this. Yeah. You know, yes. like, Dr. Harvey Schiller was probably standing in the back next to Eric Bischoff going, this is why, Eric. This is so why. Many... <laughs> there's so many other guys that could have been put into that mix. Have Mike Enos come out. And yeah. Have him stand next to Piper and go. These guys have interrupted <laughs> 10 of my matches. I don't even think they know my name. <laughs> I once thought they wanted me to be in the group. Turns out they were passing a note to VK fucking <laughs> Wall Street. For sure. Like, and there's so many more guys in the back yeah. that like, like why couldn't Harlem heat have been part of this? Yeah. They're what, not you know? short on guys. They have lots of wrestlers. Yep. You yep, know? and you know you th- what's Greg Valentine up to these days? <laughs> yes, yes. You know he could have come in and said, "I'm the leader of the NWO in the Mirror Universe." Uh, you know, hey. Or it could have but... been like Greg Valentine comes down, but he's got a goatee, and he he participates in the <laughs> match, but at the end he costs them the match, and who pops up? But regular Universe Greg Valentine, and now we have Valentine versus Valentine at the next pay per view. And now we have like a multiverse angle years before people even developed theories of the multiverse. I'd be sitting here eating popcorn like, yes, what is this? Bring it on. It'd be the greatest, most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in wrestling. But instead, we got boxing Afro man, Steve Williams and Mick Foley's love child and the shark. Like, I don't like Piper's team's chances. You know, and, and also, what kind of a fuck you is this to Roddy Piper where they're like, Roddy, we know the NWO has been up your ass for a while, so we're going to give you a team, anyone you want. Oh, can, can, can I have, like, that guy? Oh, no, no, you got to have John Tenta. Well, <laughs> well, well, you said anyone I want. Like, yeah, also, these two guys. Well, who are they? Like, we don't know. We found them in the parking lot. <laughs> like, it just, like, he's like, well, where's Robbie Brookside? He was here last week. Can, can he be yeah. on the team? Like, we sent him packing. You know, he was too good. 
Well, I thought at one point I was like, oh, I see. The idea is he's going to have people that no one's heard of because he's outside WCW, right? There's WCW, mm. there's NWO, and then there's Piper. But then John Tenta walked out and I was like, well, now I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Now it's just a bunch of crap, I think. Which I think is the response most times John Tenta walks out like, I don't know. I don't know. Come John, on. He is, if WCW is the who's on first bit, John Tenta <laughs> is third base. Yes. Every now and again, someone just yells, John Tenta! How's that for an old man reference? Anyone under the age of 40 is just like, what is the who's on first bit? <laughs> Google it. You'll, you'll enjoy. But, you'll be fine. Um, so there it is, guys. That That's that's that. That's something. And Oof. wow. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I don't even have a good segue to get into the spoilerfreewrestling.com plug. <laughs> like... Well, yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, I, I guess just like the last thing. So when I finished this nitro, I was like, God, you know, is it like the 1997 is supposed to be WCW's best year. And they put out this real stinker, <laughs> but I do, I do think WCW gets better, uh, as 1997 goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was not good. This was not a good show. I like. I love Piper. I do. Yeah, I love I do. him. But I honestly think once he bows out of the picture, it yeah. does get a little better. Um, you, you know what they're doing here, and this is a good thing that that Nitro was doing. It just didn't work out well here. But it's the same thing that AEW does now. Mm-hmm. They sign these guys, and then they they kind of identify which are the ones that are valuable and have. Uh, creative ideas and say, okay, you do you, you do what you think is good. You write your, mm-hmm. you write your own music here. And I think that's what Roddy Piper was doing here. He was writing his own music when he said, I'm going to just fight these guys and the fans are going to give the thumbs up or the thumbs down. And it just didn't work out that well, but it was a creative idea. And it's the same thing with like, I also think it was probably Piper's idea to say, I'm going to spend seven days and seven nights in Alcatraz before this match. It's kind of just like, it's a weird idea, mm-hmm. but it's kind of creative too. Um, and I just think Piper's a guy, he swings for the fences and sometimes he strikes out and he, yeah. that he whiffed on this one. Big time. Um, yeah. And WCW, you see, I think it's cool when wrestlers have creative say in, in some yeah. of their stuff, but WCW also was very famous for wrestlers having too much creative control. Right. Right. And, you know, so I think that maybe this might have been, this episode may have been a victim of that. Yes. Um, because I'm sure that Eric Bischoff was just like, okay, what am I doing? Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, what, how does this yeah. affect me? You know, and, well, and I, I, I'm sure to a certain extent he was like, well, I've got my thing with Harvey Schiller. I'll just let Piper do his whole thing. I doubt Bischoff. Yeah, because I mean, was that involved? You know, depending on on who you listen to and and sort of the the dots you connect yourself. Like Kevin Sullivan was the man who greenlit a bunch of this stuff. Oh yeah, well so, in Bischoff's book, he mentioned like, look, I I paid attention to sort of the main angles, mm-hmm. and, and other people were doing the the mid card stuff, and I was like, yeah, I listened to you on commentary. You had no <laughs> idea what was going on the rest of the show. Yep. <laughs> Like, that is painfully obvious, Eric. <laughs> you might as well tell us you wore a leather jacket, too. 
But that, but that's why the the mid card in WCW always just seems like it's running in a hamster wheel and never moving forward. Mm-hmm. It's because it's being written by people who aren't the boss, right? And they 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 don't know. Like, mm-hmm. can I do this big storyline development right now, or is that you know? But should even I leave that, that like, stuff to Bischoff. Like that Piper segment went on for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, that is fifteen minutes of national television time. Yeah, that was 15 minutes that like, felt like 40 minutes with the boredom factor. But if you are Eric Bischoff and you're the man in charge, like how do you sign off on that? Or how do you not sign did. off on that? That's the thing. Like 15 yeah. full minutes of your yeah. show. And you're just like, yeah, do what you got to do. I I would doubt seriously that he he knew much about what was going to happen. I mean, I'm sure he knew a little bit. But I doubt like he went into detail about it. I also think he probably didn't know how long it was going to go mm-hmm. on. But yeah. like on paper, it's not a terrible idea. Uh, it, it's just a terrible idea because it went on for as long as it did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. On on paper, maybe you should be able to tell that this wasn't going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that, uh, that WCW at this point has gotten so used to being like, let's just throw it at the wall and see if it sticks. That Yeah. Uh, you know, because we know what does stick, and that's Sting wandering around aimlessly and Hogan flexing and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. He's just going to lose anyways. <laughs> so, cool. Like, And that's the thing. Like, Hogan has such a stranglehold on the top spot at this point that it's like, yeah. sure, Roddy, go out and do a segment like this because it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so. no, it isn't. Like Hogan's just going to move on to like we've been doing this now since when did he win the title? Like in June? Uh, yeah, be? somewhere June, July. Like he like beat that. the Giant, and then he just well, Bash goes at the on Beach was the... July, and then and that's when the big Ro- turn happened, and then he beat the Giant at the next so, pay per view, Hog Wild. It's... So sometime in the summer. Yeah, yeah, it was a Hog Wild. Oh yeah, that's right. They had him win it in front of the motorcycle people. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he just moves on. Like it's just also the, the last time we saw the disciple. I might add. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the booty man. Uh, I I think he'll pop up again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is the the Hulk Hogan show, and like Bischoff has said, like at the time he was like Hogan's the biggest star. So Hogan's whoever has Hogan wins is mm-hmm. basically his his idea. Which I mean. Given wrestling's history from over the last 13 years, he was right about that. Yep. So. Very true. Um, you are right about a lot of stuff at SpoilerFreeWrestling.com. I found one. Yeah. There you go. There's an analogy. Or uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> SpoilerFreeWrestling.com. All the news you want, but none of the spoilers. Enjoy wrestling like you did before the dirt sheets. Yes. Do it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. <laughs> I'm actually not that upset if you don't enjoy it. But, um, yes, if you would like to get a hold of us before we sit down and figure out what the hell is happening in <laughs> WCW, uh, you can do so by shooting us an email at wgwpod at uh, gmail.com. That's wgwpod at uh, gmail.com. Also, our email address and our new metal band name. Oh, nice, mm. nice. Also, if you happen to just know what's going on at Uncensored and want to shoot us an email to let us know, uh, I will then forward your comments on to the WCW Championship and Executive (laughs) Committee, which I still sit on. I am honestly of two minds because 
I could just look ahead. No, and, I don't. And, and have these questions <laughs> answered for me. But at the same time, I kind of want to see how it plays out. Yeah, I was going to look ahead, but I so don't know who Hogan faces at Uncensored that I want it to be a surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, so we'll be back to sharing these surprises with you uh, next week. Uh, my name is Jeff Moss. And I'm Ian Carey. And this is WGW Wrestling's Greatest War, the cornerstone of sanity in a weird, weird <laughs> world. Um, so until next time, my friends, keep calm, watch wrestling, stay safe, and we will see you next week right here on WGW. <laughs>